Hi, and welcome to this week's episode of the Sales Transformation Podcast. I'm joined with our very own Luke Bowles, who works in business development at Consalia. My name is Will Squire. I am the head of sales at Consalia. And we're bringing with you quite a special episode, I think, as we look back and really reflect on a campaign we ran back in March. And it was really Luke that spearheaded it. So most of this episode, I think you'll be hearing from Luke. But Luke, why don't you just start off by um, talking us through what we did in March and, and talk us through a bit more around the campaign? Yeah, of course. So um, I agree. I think it's a special episode and, and, and even more special because the, what we did was a project for, for Mental Health Awareness Week. And the reason I say that's special is by revisiting the, the sort of the, the content that we produce and, you know, reminding our audience of what we did is that we then start to see mental well-being as something that's permanent in our minds rather than just a week. Because it's, it's, you get these weeks in, in all sorts of causes across the board. But I think it's important that we consider the week a, a sort of a, a time for a heightened scrutiny over a certain issue but make sure that we continue giving it due attention throughout, throughout yeah. the year. And I think from from a, a sort of sales perspective as well, it's mindset is such an important thing. And we often talk about having a, a winning mindset, but you can't have a winning mindset unless it's also a healthy one. And I think that's really the key thing that underpins everything that we want to discuss on this episode and the five ways of well-being was a brilliant campaign in highlighting how we can be doing more to look after our mental well-being so luke i know it's 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 nice and simple as well five ways to well-being you know the whole point of it as a well-being framework is that anyone any any team or any organization or whoever can adopt this framework to improve mental well-being um, and that's why we we chose it for mental health awareness week so that we could give something to our community which is the sales community and say here are some ways you can improve your well-being but you're going to hear it from salespeople. and that was simple as that so would you would you mind giving us a, a bit of an introduction as to what are the five ways of well-being for those that don't know? Yes, good question. So it was researched in 2010 by the New Economics Foundation. And thereafter, it was largely adopted by MIND. So most people will know MIND. A lot of people will know the New Economics Foundation. But MIND were, I suppose, brought it to the public attention um, and, and that's their job as a charity. And what the five ways to well-being are, are to connect, uh, be active, learn, take notice and give. Five very simple ways that if you were to put these into action, you will achieve a good state of well-being. Yeah. Why is it important to revisit it now? Well, the, the first point I made is, you know, it's a bit like you said, a dog's not just for Christmas, it's for life. And, and that's the same thing when it comes to these awareness weeks. It's no good just changing your LinkedIn company title to a different color for the month to say that you support a cause. You know, if we're going to say we support mental well-being, we need to promote this throughout the year. And, and, and I think, you know, to go back to our objective for the campaign, which was to raise awareness of mental well-being through salespeople for salespeople. And I think it's a lovely time now to, to come back to it. You know, we're going into, um, we look like we're going into a recession. Mm -hmm. It's going to be a really tough time for salespeople coming up. You know, there's, um, there's going to be less money around in the buying amongst buyers. <laughs> there's going to be less there for salespeople to to take advantage of. So it's going to be a stressful time for salespeople and their organizations. So I think when you're approaching a period of adversity, which we are, and we're, we're approaching a recession, it's more important now than ever 
that we're thinking about our mental well-being. So I think now is a a lovely time to get this on our self-transformation podcast because all all of our listeners are probably going to be going through a time of adversity. Yeah, and I, you know, I was fairly involved in the campaign as well. But even preparing for this podcast on a personal level, it was really good to kind of take a step back and reflect to see, oh, am I still living the kind of five ways to well-being? And it made me think, actually, you know, during that uh, mental health awareness week, of course, it was at the forefront of your mind. But it's amazing how quickly times move on and you sort of forget to kind of address those five ways so yeah even for me it's been really helpful just to kind of look back and refresh and to um to understand its importance and to keep it front of mind Mm -hmm. as well it's really really easy to come at this framework from an ivory tower perspective um like oh we're consolidated we're doing a mental well-being awareness project you know we're amazing but it's as important that we practice these principles as, as much as we can. And if you look at the people who might be listening to this podcast, you've got sales leaders, you know, sales managers, um, account managers, and so forth. So probably every all ranges of seniority. And what people should be reminded of is that they all have a responsibility to, to promote mental yeah. well-being and no matter how senior you are in an organization, you can pick up this framework, this five ways to well-being, and you can promote it to help yourself, but to help other people as well. So who, who took part in the campaign? Maybe you could remind us who, who contributed and, and why. And actually, I'd also be interested to know, Luke, did it, when, you asked, when you asked these people, what was their immediate response? Mm. That's a good question. I'll tell you that I only had to ask six people to get five people on the day, which is a huge, um, uh, well, let's just say a very high percentage of acceptance because I was asking people to come to London to our office. I was offering them expenses, but that was it. We weren't offering to pay them for the day. Um, and it only took me about a week to have a, to have a guest list of five salespeople from pretty big companies who all had to ask their company for permission to come and spend a day with us. So who accepted the offer? Who were the five that came in? The first one was Carl Day, who is recently, I think his job has changed to chief sales officer at Apogee Corporation. And Carl has spoken at GST before about mental health awareness. And we actually have another podcast on that. So if anyone is interested in mental health awareness you can listen to the podcast which was recorded at gst i asked carl first because he's the most senior i wanted to have someone who is c-suite or sales director a a, a genuine out and out leader and he fitted the profile perfectly and you know his reaction was blimey it was like i think he replied about half an hour be like yep nice one um i'll see you then like it was just for him, it was it's like obvious that he would be a participant. And, and he, from the start, he lives, um, he is an altruist, as you'll hear in the video shortly. You know, he, he likes to help other people. And then our Siri George, who is also a current student of ours on the senior leadership program. And Siri was, if I was casting it, I wanted a sort of senior salesperson, senior female figure. And Siri was, the, for me, the, the first person that came to mind. I've met her in the classroom and I know from looking at some of her LinkedIn activity, she's really, really as passionate about social causes. And then other candidates were, we had Leanne Foley from Toshiba. And Leanne is kind of the profile, Leanne's a field sales rep. So I wanted to get someone there that sort of covered that, someone who's on the road a lot of the time. And again, you'll, you'll hear from some of her experiences that she shares. She did talk about that experience of perhaps the, the loneliness that might come from being a field mm. sales rep and how to combat that. We had Chris Woodhead, who at the time of the filming was a contract manager at Royal Mail. He now works for FedEx. But for Chris, I, I didn't grow up with him. I did my apprenticeship with Chris. 
and we spent a year sort of working quite closely together in, in Raw Mail's export team. And I guess I chose Chris because Chris, for me, is the definition of a male high-performing salesperson. <laughs> you know, he, he, I think he's very good at his job, and I'm not saying that. In, um, but, yeah, he's he's young lad, uh, got quite a, a fiery drive driver sort of personality. Um, so I sort of wanted him in there to sort of cover that base. And the, the fifth person is Dylan Sidhu, who works for Orange Connects in inside sales. So Dylan was select in terms of the why I select him from a profiling perspective was that he would sort of represent that inside sales, that junior first couple of years in the sales industry. But more importantly, I know Dylan really well. I mentored him for a mm. year and I knew he would bring an authenticity to the, to, to the filming. Yeah like a, um, almost a version on a vulnerability, which I think is a great asset. People that are able to show show themselves, their true selves. And, and Dylan, Dylan did exactly that. And, you know, I was just, I was just so happy when, when I saw the finished product that I felt that we captured all ends of the sort of sales profession. Um, so it was, it, we had a sort of a good level of diversity. And that came across in, it wasn't just one one track four in, in what they came out of in the videos. We had some really good insight in each way of well-being that came from a different sort of perspective, which was good. Yeah, I think having that kind of wide range of perspectives is so important as well. You know, everyone is going through their own challenges and, you know, pressures at work and also in home life, but you know, fundamentally underpinning it all is, is one's mental health. And so I think it was really interesting actually to hear the different perspectives of, of different individuals in each at each point in their career. And mm. what really resonated with me is especially is it doesn't matter, you know, how old or young you are, how senior or not, um, everyone kind of recognized the importance of it um it was it's just really insightful and actually it was really refreshing to hear people especially you know your traditional stereotype salesperson is might be quite you know egotistical maybe very confident sometimes they might come across as a bit arrogant maybe i am totally stereotyping here but to hear to hear sales professionals speak about mental health when it is such a highly pressurized role and job is incredibly refreshing and i think that again is the importance of revisiting this topic and kind of you know bringing it back front of mind to people listening so luke should we jump straight into the the first video yeah let's have a look at connect and then we'll we'll have a little bit of chat about it afterwards, but I think it's a good time for for the listeners to have have a listen. <laughs> I, I was diagnosed as a kid with acute anxiety, which then leads on at times to um, sort of bouts of of a moderate depression. So. I think because I, I learned as a child to deal with it and, and what children do is they connect when you're scared as a child. Your way of dealing with an anxiety or a fear is if you're fortunate enough to have an adult around that you trust, you go to that adult. So I kind of, I think it's part of my DNA to, to, to be around and connect with people. <clears throat> and I've always felt comforted by that. I think probably that's what's been helped me sort of carve out my career in sales because sales is about building relationships, building trust. I think the thing is obviously with COVID everything moved remote and now we're back in the office and just recently I've had an experience that when I started talking with people around other topics I learned a lot more about my colleagues. You know it's something where you think oh I don't it's not just me 
um, looking at this one area, but they are also interested. So you, you start to, um, I guess, feel less alone if you connect with somebody. I think when I've been going through a lot of um, loss or rejection within, within sales, it makes your day really hard. And it's, it's quite easy to feel isolated when you're on the phone, just speaking to several different customers and then getting the no all the time. Whereas when you can sort of step back, have a chat with, with well, my instance, with, with my manager. So it, it brings you back to a, a level footing where you can go back and get back at it again. Um, my manager, he's quite good. He's quite funny. Uh, so it just brings you back into reality. I look, I'm a rep in the southeast of, of Toshiba. I mean, there's four other BPMs up and down the country. It's very rare that we get together as a team for any team meetings, maybe once every six to eight weeks. So my colleagues, per se, are my customers. They are my clients. I spend a lot of my time in my car, on my own, with my phone, or in front of my laptop, unless I'm actually face-to-face -face with a customer. So it can get quite lonely being, you know, being a field-based rep, um, which is why it's really important that you're building those relationships and you are connecting with your customers at a different level, um, both kind of in a social aspect, but also professional as well. So for me, connecting with people has always been something really important um, to understand the people who you're working with. Um, one thing I found straight away from coming into an organisation, uh, you know, 19 years old, um, coming into you know a, a big team, people who've been working there for quite a long time. Everyone's got their own different lives, their own different situations. You know, we've got some people who've been you know married for years. You know, some people been married for longer than I've been alive. They've, you know, they've got kids. So it's about understanding people's different lives and situations because the problems that are affecting me might not be affecting them. Um, but in the same way, it's important to understand sort of each other. Because um, when you're working in a team, some people have good days, some people have bad days. Um, so it's really, really important to just to know um, just what people's situations are so you can understand and really empathise with people. There's um, yeah, there's some kind of quite big messages just in that that video alone. Well, what do you take from that, Luke? Well, I, I love this video, and it was a, because it was the first one that we we used on the Monday. It was also the first one I saw uh, when our production company sent over a draft. Said, you know, is this is, are you happy with this? And yeah, I was just trying to. It reminds me of the emotions I felt when I first saw it and, and how happy I was because the whole point of the project is to try and encourage mental well-being amongst salespeople. And we perceive that a problem or a barrier to encouraging that might be people's pride. Mm. They they want to put up a barrier and say that they're a strong salesperson and, and they always hit their targets and so forth and they don't have any chinks in their armour. What you've got here is five very, very successful salespeople telling you how vulnerable they are. You know, you've got, um, we started off with Carl talking about how he had bouts of acute anxiety. You know, we didn't encourage him to specifically talk about that in this video, but Carl wanted to bring that to the table because Carl, I suppose, wanted to show that, you know, despite what he's been through, he's been able to, improve his mental well-being by connecting and talking with mm. other people um, and i loved his analogy of the, the kid the, the the child is doesn't have any maybe doesn't understand social contract construct so if you if you're scared you go and seek out the support of an adult is what carl yeah. was saying and i really like that but the problem is we've got so much i don't know what the word is filter or however you put it but adults are scared to do that and we're just preventing ourselves from getting support um, because we don't want to talk, reveal the truth or, or so forth. I think also what struck me as well was uh, Leanne from Toshiba, who's a field sales rep. When she said that it could take, you know, sometimes take six to eight weeks to meet up as a team. So a lot of the social interaction she's having is th through her customers. Um, and that mm. is where she's getting a lot of the kind of connecting with her customers. 
buyer, I just, it got me thinking that if you were to, if you're the buyer or if you're the customer, are you aware, are you aware that, you know, you have these field sales reps who might be on the road quite often, they're in their cars traveling, traveling around the country and, you know, we're, we're all human at the end of the day. And actually it's really important to kind of connect with people, even salespeople at a human, yeah. at a human level. Yeah, it's a good, it's a good question, but you know, maybe, uh, you know, maybe salespeople have earned their reputation by bad habits <laughs> in the past, you know, it's, 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 it's one of yeah. those. And I liked, um, I, I really like what Chris said about trying to understand other people's situation. So he's, he's, what he's saying there is that to really connect with people, you've got to first make an effort to understand what's going on in their personal situation yeah. in, in their life. So, you know, let's take, for example, at Consalia, our head of marketing just had a kid, you know, congratulations, Eddie, you know, and, <laughs> and Angie, you know, we're very happy for you, but let's say we didn't know what's going on in, in, in their personal life. Let's say we, we just hadn't made any effort or we didn't talk about what's going on. Would we be able to support our colleague if, for example, they might be a bit more tired or they might be, um, you know, might need to leave work early or go to an appointment or whatever mm. it might be. That's an obvious one. You know, when your colleague is going through a big life event, generally speaking, but if, could we learn from that? Could we make more effort to connect with our colleagues and understand what's going on in their lives, mm. not just a big life events so that we can, we can support each other better. Cause what Chris is saying is you can't, can't help your colleagues in a mental wellbeing capacity, unless you've made an effort to understand what's going on yeah. with them. And it, and it so, echoes, uh, you know, what, what Carl mentioned and it's, you know, only through connecting do you build trust and you build relationships. It doesn't matter who you are, you know, you, you need to try and find that kind of connecting. And yeah, and uh, you know, what Dylan mentioned as well, coping with, with loss and rejection in which we all face in sales, but, um, you know, being in a team where people are connecting, people are supporting each other kind of helps you build those trusted relationships with your colleagues, with your, with team members, but also helps you kind of helps you get over those kind of times where you feel like you potentially are banging your head against a brick, brick wall and you're not, you're not getting the results, which we all face in sales, don't we? And um, should we, should we jump onto the next video? I think a good place to start with this one is in the middle of lockdown, I wasn't really doing much. And what I found was I'd always be foggy, uh, get really tired towards the end of the day at work. But now I've been stuck, we've moved house and we've got a little, little nice little patch to walk around uh, uh, in one of the fields outside. And I've been going out for lunch, making sure that I actually make the walk or do a walk. Um, if my little girl's there, I'll take her out with me and uh, look at the ducks and, and, and things like that, really get active, both of us. You, the, the being active part is also helping you to be physically more alert and agile and all of these things that you really need to be as a salesperson, you need to be mentally agile and I think being physically agile and active really helps with that mental agility. For me, I'm not, I'm carrying a bit too much timber um, to be able to exercise as much as I'd like, but for me, walking is just the best. I'm lucky and blessed that I live in a part of the country where I can drive for 10 minutes, I'm out of the town, I'm on the top of the downs and you know, you can just go and walk with the kids. And that to me now is my probably most enjoyable form of exercise is, you know, because I get what I need from it. I get, it clears my head, it flushes everything through. I get that sort of breathing and, and just, you feel like you, you, you know, actually nothing's really that much of a problem. From, from a young age, I, I captained my cricket team when I was younger and that naturally has put something inside me where I want to have leadership in, you know, involved in my working life in the future. Um, so just from that, from a young age, being you know, leading out a junior sports team has meant that now I'm in my professional career, leadership is something that I feel 
comfortable with going towards leading a team, inspiring people, working together towards that common goal. I did notice that my mindset is a lot better when I exercise and when I train and it's probably those endorphins, the serotonin that it releases, but it puts me in a much better position and I make better lifestyle choices as well when I exercise. So I eat better, I don't drink as much alcohol, I drink more water, I lay off the coffee. Um, so I think kind of, yeah, it just puts me in a much better place mentally through, through exercising. I was going to make a comment actually that Leanne, who, who was at the end in this video, um, it only took us about 20 minutes to film the entire interview with Leanne. Mm. Uh, whereas on average it was, it was taken like a, where well, we spent about an hour with each person. And I, I, I don't know what it was, but it, it wasn't, wasn't rehearsed at all, but Leanne was just so close to the, the topic. Um, and it, like at a point there, it was just so simple, but so effective. She, she's very aware of the importance of being active when she exercises more, she feels good. Uh, when she decides to drink less alcohol, she feels even yeah. better. Um, but again, a, a nice video. It's a nice one. The whole video, Be Active, is an important one for people to, to acknowledge yeah. um, and, and to put into into their lives. I think, oh, well, I've got a couple. Carl, if you're listening to this, I think you're not carrying too much timber. <laughs> you're looking good, mate. Um but yeah, just being active is so crucial. And I agree with, you know, what Siri mentioned as well. You know, when you're, when you're active, you're more alert, you're more agile, you know, it complements mental agility as well. I think it's, it's pretty obvious to you know, keep active, keep fit, and it reflects in your, your mental state as well. I like, I like what Chris said about, um, uh, the, his experience of playing cricket and leading leading cricket team as a captain, yeah. um, and 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 how I suppose he started to talk about the associated benefits of of being active, um, how it might help your leadership skills as a salesperson, so not just your well being, but perhaps saying actually that being active is linked to developing skills or uh, developing physical ability. So yeah. I like that. All right, should we? Um... Should we take a look at the uh, take notice? It's hard because within sales is so fast paced. So everything's going at 100 miles per hour and your brain's always working at 100 miles per hour. And I find it, I find it quite often difficult to take a moment and take notice. But when, when I do, and just maybe even doing something small like looking out the window, um, it, it gives you that moment to slow down, take a step back and, and start to actually realise what's going on, what's going on at that moment in time or, or, or also project about where you are, where you want to be going forward, um, not just getting so deep into or delving into your work. Take notice is also about how, for example, when you are in a sales meeting, how the other person is, how they, f how they may be reacting in the moment. So noticing, I think that is also important around, you know, you, you have an awareness, not just for yourself, but also for other people and their emotions. I think agility comes into it as a salesperson. You have to adapt to the situation. So I think there's a lot of variables there depending on what an individual is going through or what challenges they might be facing. Um, I think it's, to, for me personally, it makes me feel good to be nice and to be kind and to try and lift people and motivate people, whether that's in, you know, supporting with a project that they're working on um, or giving somebody advice or sharing my experiences, which might resonate with somebody else. Um, so I think that there is a whole variety of different things that you can do to kind of, you know, to, to pay attention and to take notice. As a result of the pandemic, off the back of that, I think a lot of people's mental well-being and mental health was tested um, more than it had ever been. I, you know, I know speaking personally, it was a really, really difficult time, you know, some days. Um, and one thing that I was struggling with at first was you work, you work in an office environment, you've got everyone there to help you, 
Um, you've got your stationery, you've got your computer screens, you've got your desk, you've got your drawers, you know, you've got your chair. It, everything was set up perfectly to work productively and efficiently. And all of a sudden you're taken out of that environment. So uh, I think awareness is difficult because you know, emotional intelligence, that level of emotional intelligence is, is a, such a complicated subject. Um, but again, I, I think for me, it's that it, it comes back to the connecting, is that if, you're, if you connect regularly with people, you can see when someone isn't reacting or behaving in a certain way, and you'll know that maybe some people, I can tell you after being with people quite quickly whether they would be the sort of person who would or wouldn't talk about how they're feeling. It's really interesting. A lot of, you know, the guys who spoke around take notice were kind of take notice of other people, you know, take notice about how other people are feeling um, and to sort of adapt and emphasise with other people and to be emotionally intelligent with how you want to connect. And I think it kind of goes back to the example you gave around Eddie Luke, um, which is kind of taking notice of other people. But also there is a real importance to take notice about yourself, isn't there? Um, and to take notice about um, how you are responding and how you are reflecting sort of in the moment and how you're feeling. Um, I don't know, that, that was some of the, <laughs> that was kind of, how I was feeling when I was re-watching that. Mm. Yeah, I think it's very linked to spirituality and, and being able to live in the yeah. present is, uh, you know, when I feel I take notice the most is I, I love hiking. And when I'm out in the hills or on a mountain on my own, that's when I feel most great. And my, my mental well-being is, is, is amazing. Mm. I've never been depressed on a hiking holiday. <laughs> um, I've been depressed a lot of times in my life. A lot, you know, a lot of experiences of that. But why do I feel so great when I'm when I'm away on my own in the present? And it's probably because I'm actually taking notice of my surroundings. I'm really interested in the scenery. I'm interested in the sound. I'm interested in even the feel, like the, the, the sense of touch or, or the wind on me and, and things like that. And can we take that back to the workplace? Well, of course we can. Of course we can. We just need to be a little bit less self-indulged. And, you know, self-indulgement, the opposite of that is taking notice of mm. other people and thinking about others. So about... It's really difficult in practice. And I, I'm playing a little bit, I'm yeah. sort of playing devil's advocate. Um, but Dylan sort of nicely kind of described it as, you know, so often we're working at a 100 miles an hour in our in our jobs now at what point do we kind of try and stop and take notice and reflect and um do we do we do enough in terms of you know scheduling time in you know if you are completely swamped with tasks at hand how do you you know how do you make time for yourself especially during a work day yeah, I think you have to build it into your behavior and, and you know, see it as like a professional development mm. area. If you're not taking notice of people enough, then you need to, well, self-assess and think, you know, how can I be more conscientious of others uh, that I live sort of synonymously with my colleagues in the workplace? And, and that involves be looking out for them and putting their interests above above yours. Yeah. So, you know, another, another a lo lovely video and couple of them mentioned about COVID, didn't they? And how they saw that as like a learning opportunity. Because yeah. COVID was quite literally a massive version of taking a step back and having a think, wasn't it? You know, as bad as it was, through adversity, people learn usually. Yeah. So COVID was a chance to step back and go, what do we do right? What do we do wrong? Everyone said, oh, let's have a great reset. But it probably was like that. It gave people a chance to, to stop because you, you mentioned what, Dylan said about going 100 miles an hour and you never get a chance to take notice. Well, maybe the the, the key to taking notice is, is having the ability to step back and self-assessing. Yeah. I think that's right. I think during COVID, a lot of people 
kind of, you know, were, were pretty much forced to kind of stop. And that provided space to reflect and reassess their own values as well. And, uh, you know, mm. we all heard about the kind of great resignation after COVID. And I think that was really because, you know, people had time to really consider what it is they wanted out yeah. of life. But yeah, I think, I think you're also right. It's really important, you know, to take notice because that, that is where, where you learn. And it's actually a pretty good segue at this point, Luke, to move on to the next way of well-being, which is, is learning. And I'm a big believer that through reflection comes professional or personal development. And it's in reflection where you learn the most. I encourage one of the one of our students in this video to promote Consider as well. So see if you can spot the uh, the advert that I encouraged. <laughs> being a salesperson, it's all about listening, taking notice, being present in the environment as well that you're in. Um, and having the ability, I guess, to read different situations and to read people's emotions um, and really kind of understand and listen to see how you can support them um, by sharing your experiences or sharing my experiences, um, to really try and kind of lift somebody and to, to help somebody ultimately. Every time I learn something or when I do research for university or anything like that, it just sparks a lot of ideas. It's kind of like as if you feed your brain with food and then all of a sudden you get some new inspiration to do something else. Having a two-year-old daughter, I've learned so much and, and I've been able to teach so much back to her. Um, all of what I've, I've learned through my past, I'm then able to try and share as much as I can with her. One of the best forms of learning that I've found is simply just taking some time with someone just to sit and shadow them and watch what they do. I fell in love with learning in the first job I had because I just, it, it, I, find, I found at, at, the, at, at that age I kind of realised how, how motivating it was, how it created an energy that, that you know, you, you would go on a training course. At the time I was training to be a photocopier engineer and you go on a, a course to learn how to fix something and I just loved the idea that someone had invented something and created it and then I was learning from them and that whole sort of passing on of knowledge. God, I really enjoy it. So Siri mentioned it kind of feeds your brain, gives you inspiration and it's so true. Yeah, it, learning's nice because it's, um, well, as Carl says, it's just, just there's that sort of excitement about learning something new, which is really useful. Dylan then talked about sharing that knowledge with his daughter, which I, which I really liked. So not just the learning, but the ability to share the learning. Yeah. I think learning can be really useful for, for, the, for the mental well-being because it, it could, could potentially be a distraction to negative, negative thought cycles that you, you have. I don't know about the science of it, but it probably does release endorphins by learning something new. It does stimulate the brain. What I've always enjoyed about learning is that can just distract my mind mm. for a period of time, even if it's just reading a book or whether it's studying yeah. a degree. When, so when I was um, on the master's program, the one that I was on, I think it was in module one, um, and we came across the growth mindset, and I'd never heard of the growth mindset before. Um, mm. And it's where you view kind of every... Uh, every opportunity, every success or failure through the lens of learning. And I think having just being able to view what you do in a professional sense um, through the lens of learning is really, uh, is really healthy just because you, you feel like you're, you're growing. Even when you're making mistakes, you're learning from it and you're not putting that kind of pressure on on yourself because you know if you are able to kind of take a step back you're able to kind of reflect you know why maybe something didn't go so well or why something went really well 
um, and, and analyze it and to try and make sense of it so that you know what you should be doing the next time round. Um, so that for me was just, that was one of those aha moments um, when I when I really understood the growth mindset for me. Yeah. Okay, and then, um, well, the last one is to give. I think with with giving, I quite often am aware of everything going around, um, especially when I'm just doing little things and I'm out and about with, with my partner and my daughter, um, just noticing small things that are happening around you. An example of this was uh, we went shopping the other day and there was a, a sweet old lady and she was trying to carry this big massive bag of compost all, all by herself. And that's not giving much, but I just sort of offered my support in order to help her and it's just doing things like that where I carried it not even that far but to a car made a big difference to the lady for me giving is an energizer you know I think I I'm not very good at taking um, and I don't mean advice I'm not very good at taking up people's time I don't like to you know even to the point of view it, it sounds strange from a salesperson I know I don't like you know, if I do something, someone, someone wants to give me money, I don't, I, I feel awkward taking from people. I tend to be more comfortable giving than I do taking. Giving is something that I think we all need to do. Otherwise, you know, we, we kind of, well, nobody wants to be with somebody that just takes, right? We want to all receive something at some stage, but we need to give for receiving. I mean, I've worked in teams of sort of 15, 20 people. Um, so it's all well and good me understanding these things when, um, you know, we're working together to achieve, you know, team targets, team goals. If I've got value to add to it, where they can add that to their conversations, uh, they can increase revenue with their customers, they can open new doors for customers, um, get more sales. Why wouldn't, you know, why wouldn't I take it in there? So naturally for me, giving back to the people who've helped me, to start with because you know a lot of those people there have got more experience in their careers when I started out um, than I, the years I've been alive you know some people I started out at 19 years old. So for me giving in terms of you know if I was giving somebody my time or my attention that doesn't cost anything but that can go a really long way and I think that it's really important that you always make people feel that you're present in the room um, and that you, they've got their, your undivided attention um, because you don't know what someone else might be going through outside of that. So, you know, you can really change somebody's day just by giving a little bit of time and being kind. Nice one to, to finish with. And do you know what? It's a good chance to say thank you to, to all of the five people that were part of uh, the project because they quite literally gave their time to support the day and some of them came from as far as Leeds all the way to London just for a 45 minute interview which for me was lovely to see because really people the, the participants really showed a commitment to the cause so I was really pleased to see that and yeah don't know what you thought about the video I but... mean some of the some of the big kind of takeaways and you've sort of alluded to it Luke it's just you know giving can just be giving your time you know being present and i it just seems like time is such a valuable resource that you know none of us have enough of it um but when you offer your time to someone else then actually it means a lot it means a lot to um it means a lot to you you know you might feel like you're helping you're supporting you're you know you're connecting with with, with people but also for the person on the receiving end it it just might be what they need to you know um yeah to to feel appreciated really and um and it doesn't cost anything which is what leanne mentioned i liked the comment people made about giving your undivided yeah. attention and something I've been trying to be more conscientious of is my phone, my mobile phone when I'm talking mm. to people. Um, how often is that? Is my mobile phone still present in my conversations? So if I go for 
um, a drink with a friend or a meal or around their house, if my phone isn't firmly in my pocket, am I giving that person my undivided attention? No, mm. I'm not. And I'm awful for that. I've always got my phone out to have a little look if I get a notification. So that's something I could be better on. Yeah. But that, that was one of the things that this project made me think about. I've, um, um, I heard somewhere that you should view your mobile phone as a, as another person. And so, you know, when you're, when you're talking to say your partner, friend, colleague, and you're also kind of on your phone, then you're actually, you know, you're talking to another person and people pick up on that. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's a good point. Yeah. But what, what we, uh, so what are we doing differently at Consalia since, uh, the five ways to wellbeing? Well, the first one is that we go for a walk every Wednesday. We call it the, the Wednesday wander. And we're, you know, we're very lucky to be adjacent to Bushy Park, which is, you know, beautiful. What I like about that is it's, uh, firstly, it's on company time. It's from 9am till 10am every Wednesday. So as an employee of an organization, I feel valued because I'm, we're sort of given that time. I'm not sure if a post-work drinks would constitute well-being, in my opinion. Um, that's, you know, possibly a topic for debate, but you know, if you're, if you're taking me for a pint after work, I, I'm, I'm much, I feel much more valued if you're offering me a bit of time that I'm paid for. <laughs> and what do we do in that time? Well, we connect with each other. So it's like the sales and marketing team. We're a small at Consalia, there's only four of us in the sales and marketing, but it is just a chance to sometimes talk about work, but it is just a chance to connect with each other and, you know, it literally is being active. We're taking notice of each other. <laughs> um, often you're learning about the situation of the people around you. Um, and, and, and I suppose to give, I feel that Consala give that to me. So in that case, I'm the receive, on the receiving end of a, of a gift of time to go and enjoy a walk. But, you know, one of the things that followed this project for me I applied to be a trustee, a mental health charity. It's not confirmed yet, but it could, should be official in September. Cool. So, you know, for me, I went, you know what? I've sat here, organized the project, asked people to come and give mm. their time. What can I go and do? And, and that's followed from the project. So I really, I thought it was really important not to just sit in the ivory tower and tell everyone how they can improve their well-being. You know, let's, let's put it into practice at Consalia yeah. and share our experiences and get our students as we have done in this project to talk about mental well-being to hopefully encourage our stakeholders to to also achieve that positive yeah. well-being i i mean i think there's always more that we could be doing i think the hardest times to really ensure that we are living the kind of five ways of well-being oh is when you know people are under pressure and um and it's making sure that we're creating that space, that time. And, you know, yes, we have the sort of Wednesday, the Wednesday wonder. Um, but I'm sure there's other ways we could also be more inclusive as well. Well, but that's the key of it being scheduled mm. because there's been times when Wednesday wonder could have been all Wednesday because mm. cause cause we're plain sailing, we've got ops on, We've closed a bit this week already. We're yeah. doing well. There's times when you could give up the entire day for a walk around the park. But more importantly, there's been times where we've been struggling yeah. and where we need to focus on our sales pipeline. We need to create some opportunities. We need to smash some new business out, whatever you do in sales, well, <laughs> right? But we still go for the yeah. walk. If it wasn't scheduled, we wouldn't do it. It's very so true. That's the, that's, that's the key yeah. takeaway is you need to make it part of your your structure of your week. So even if it's, you know, if, say you're a big company, you might have it as like the Wednesday coffee yeah. morning and all of the sales team are invited. And there should be no shame in, even if you're having a really busy time, there should be no shame in taking that hour out to go to the coffee morning or the, the walk. You know, it's easier for us to organize a walk because there's only four of us. It'd be a little bit more like a pilgrimage for some size organizations, but yeah, put it into the structure 
of the sales team and you'll start to see the dividends. Otherwise, you'll just change your company logo and LinkedIn for the week, for whatever awareness week it happens and send a leaflet out saying, we're doing this, use this mm. hashtag on your LinkedIn posts and then job done and we'll see you again next next year for the, the, the week where we'll change our logo green and say that we care about yeah. mental health. So, Lou, a question I've wanted to ask you is of the five ways of well-being, if you were to choose one of them to work on, which one would it be? I would say take notice because I, um, I could be quite self-centered at work. I, it, it, it comes from, I like being a, a lone wolf in sales. I like to get on with my job, do my thing, set my own targets, try and achieve them, set, fail or succeed on my own. I'm not great at working with others towards common goals. So when I work on projects with people, um, I can easily get frustrated. So for me, I need to be a bit better about putting myself in their shoes understanding their situation because I can't always, you know, my job at Consalia, my nine to five is a lone wolf job. Mm. You know, I sort of sell apprenticeships. That's, that's it. But the job is a bit more detailed than that. You know, sometimes I have to be in meetings with other people and that's what I'm, I'm good at talking about mental wellbeing, but I'm very, I can be quick to forget the interests of others. So that, that's one for me to, to always try and work okay. on. Uh, and I'll, I'll make sure to take notice of that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and then, yeah, I'm going to be, I think for me, connecting, that really, really resonates with me. So, you know, connecting with other people, be it colleagues, customers, in order to build, you know, build trust and relationships. So it, it complements sales really well. But actually, I think with, we often are so numbers driven that we, we might have, sort of transactional relationships and it's those ones that I want to, I want to build into more trusted relationships and, and, you know, how mm. I do that will be, I guess, living the, the values of the five ways. Lovely. So thank you everyone for listening. I hope that was, um, a great refreshment to the five ways of wellbeing and, um, oh, you know, and a massive thank you to raw mail because Chris had moved companies by the time we published the videos, but he was at Royal Mail when the video were shot. Yeah. Um, so I think it's important to get some form of credit because we didn't show Chris as working at Royal Mail at the time. Okay. Um, but really appreciate them as well as all of the other companies who, who allowed their salespeople to come and be a part of the project. Yeah, thank you very much. And also a huge thanks to all of our participants. It was so refreshing, so great to hear, and it's such an important topic um, that I hope we do it again. <laughs> <laughs>